Test one, test one, two, test one, two, test one, two, three, four, five, test one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, niner, niner, Bueller, 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 one, two, seventeen, eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Nick, neck, patty, what? Give a dog a bone. Okay. All right, let's see here. Hold on one second here. Kurt, give me a level. Hello? 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 Okay, I think I got you. I think you're on five. Can you hear yourself? Hello? Yes, I can. All right. All right, we've made progress. Now, Deb, give yourself a test now. Can you hear anything? I'm starting to hear things. Can you hear things? No, not really. Let me think. Yes, I can hear a little bit. Now you can hear a little bit? Yes. Okay. Let's see here. Is that any better in the headphones, Deb? Um, well, no, yeah, that's better that's for me better? in the headphones. Okay. But I can always hear you guys. Okay, good. I just couldn't hear that, that, That's probably more of a personal problem than anything else. Yes, I you think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack hears voices. I do. I, <laughs> I got to mic everything now.
the studios of PANJ Radio in beautiful Lambertville, New Jersey, and simulcast across the world via this thing they call the Internet. Welcome to the Strike Zone. I'm your home plate umpire and crew chief producer engineer Jack Furlong. Manning the bases, as always, is Kurt Mackison. Your two-way sports talk phone number 609-460-4673 in case you have any questions. While Twitter is at Jack Furlong and at KurtMack23, respectively. Here's the starting lineup for today's show. Deb White will join us on this Memorial Day to talk about veterans and sports. We'll have a few thoughts on the NBA and NHL finals. Got a lot of baseball to talk about. And, of course, we will be taking your phone calls. But first, let's recap the local and national sports scene with a little segment we like to call The Quick Pitch. The Yankees finished their homestand 4-2 with a victory over the A's yesterday by the score of 9-5. Michael Pineda went six innings, three runs, two of which were earned, three hits, three walks, five strikeouts. He's now 6-2. Aaron Judge, 2-4 for four with his first career grand slam. The Yankees start a seven-game road trip beginning in Baltimore this afternoon at 1 p.m. Jordan Montgomery will face Dylan Bundy. Mets beat the Pirates 7-2 last night in Sunday Night Baseball. Matt Harvey, six innings with one run, six hits, two walks, four strikeouts. Lucas Duda had his seventh homer of the year. Mets head home now for four with Milwaukee and three with Pittsburgh. That starts today at 4 p.m. That'll be Matt Garza against Robert Gesellman. Phillies lost to the Reds on Sunday, 8-4. Zach Elfin, five innings, seven runs, nine hits, one walk, three strikeouts. He's 0-3 on the season. Andrew Knapp had his third home run of the year. Phil's head to Miami for three before coming home for three against the Giants. Tonight at seven will be Jeremy Hellickson against Edinson Volquez. Trenton Thunder uh, topped Portland 6-2 yesterday. Justice Sheffield went 6-2 and two thirds with one run, which was not earned. Six hits, one walk, six strikeouts. Miguel Andujar, three for four with his fifth homer of the year. They wrap up today against Portland at one o'clock before coming home for Binghamton. Somerset's Patriots lost. Somerset Patriots lost four to three yesterday to Bridgeport. Dave Kubiak five innings, four runs, seven hits, no walks, three, three strikeouts. Jerry Sands had his ninth homer of the year. Patriots wrap up today against Bridgeport at one before heading home, heading to Lancaster for three. And the Mercer Mud Dogs return next week against the Edison Athletics. In hockey, Stanley Cup Finals begin tonight between Nashville and Pittsburgh at eight. And in basketball, the NBA Finals begin Thursday, Cleveland and Golden State. In racing, Takuma Soto won the Indy 500. In golf, Kevin Keisner won the Dean and DeLuca Invitational shooting 10 under par. And reports this morning say that Tiger Woods was arrested on drunk driving around 3 a.m. this morning in Florida, in the Jupiter area. He was released before 11 a.m. That's WPTV in Florida reporting that. And that is your quick pitch. Before we get into everything, let me get a plug out of the way. we got a concert tonight, or I've got a concert tonight. I don't think Kurt's going to be in it, but unless he shows up and dances, which is possible. I don't want to speak for Kurt. Uh, tonight, the Jack Furlong Orchestra, 12-piece jazz ensemble, will be playing at Howe Commons in downtown Pennington Borough, 5 p.m. start. It is free, open to the public, family-friendly. Bring a lawn chair or two and some towels to lay on and a picnic basket for some food and Come on out and have some fun and say, stop up, say hi, and, you know, maybe you can be on the radio one day, too. Anyway, anyway, there's the first plug of that. I'm sure I'll plug that 17, 18 more times. And with that, we bring in Kurt Mackison. What's up, Kurt? Jack, we can only hope that you plug it 17 or 18 more times. <laughs> Is that the over Kevin under? Kevin and I have our fingers crossed. Okay, the yeah, over so the under under over on that. All right, 17. I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the under because I'm a very pessimistic person before 1 p.m. on Mondays. Okay. It's the end of that. <laughs> glad, to, glad we had this conversation. Thanks, buddy. Uh, let's, let's start with some baseball. Um, Yanks are riding high at Memorial Day. Memorial Day, obviously, is kind of like the, uh, the first real um, benchmark of the season where you can kind of take the temperature of the teams and the kind local, of artificial. It's an artificial, it you know, it's all for me. All it does is it reminds me that time is continuing, continue to pass. The season will be over soon and eventually I'm going to die. So, wow. Yeah. I didn't, I just got real morbid. Didn't you're I just all over it today? Well, Hey, you know what? I, uh, all over the place. Well, let me, let me, I haven't decided. We've got an hour to figure. We that got out. an hour to figure that out. If you're a psychiatrist, call <laughs> in. <laughs> it's a different show. It's a different show. <laughs> so, so the Yanks are riding high at Memorial day. Mets, scuffling a little bit 
uh, kind of in the middle right there, not sure if they're going to be able to make a run, and Phillies are just starting to show their true colors as not being just that good right now. So where do you want to start? How are the Braves doing? Okay, you're going to remind me of this all the time. I said the Braves are going to be a little bit better than everyone thought, and obviously they're not. Okay. Well, here's the interesting thing. Okay. So you see I have the copy of the New York Post out. Yes. And, you know, when we were kids, they used to have, you know, the box scores, and the Sunday paper usually had the whole – that's where the Mendoza line right. came yeah. from. Yep. Where – you know, the guys below 200 that had every batter, every pitcher in the major leagues on the, in the Sunday edition. Mm-hmm. And I was just flipping through the, the post, and I'm kind of mourning the demise of the leadoff hitter. I, I, can, I, can, I can see that. I can see that. I'm going through, you know, the box scores, and it's interesting. Um, if you want to look just – and this is just, you know, a cursory look at the box score. But if you want to maybe point to why the Cubs are struggling – so here were the first three batters when the Cubs played the Giants on Thursday. Okay. Ben Zobrist, mm-hmm. Kyle Schwarber, and Addison Russell. Okay, Zobrist at, as a leadoff hitter? Yeah. I, I, I'm, not, well, and, I'm not feeling that. Well, not – I mean, they started with, with Schwarber in the leadoff spot for the most. Well, and Schwarber's season. hitting 181. Yeah. Okay, and Addison Russell, as your third-place hitter, is hitting 214. Yeah. Your third-place hitter is supposed to be the best hitter on the team. Right. You know? And I'm not saying that – that's where he'll end up at the end of the season. But it is interesting to take a look at the box scores once in a while. And Joe Madden is such a genius manager. Oh, clearly. I mean, you, can't, you can't see me roll my eyes on radio. So. <laughs> I just, you, you know, and, but across the board, you look at what used to be the quintessential leadoff hitter. And really, how many teams have that anymore? Well, you know, the new philosophy, I started to see this a little bit with the Yankees uh, while Robinson Cano was still there. You know, Cano was sh- clearly showing that he was probably their best hitter, you know, arguably during the later tenure while he was in pinstripes. And you would think that he would probably occupy the three-hole for the most part with regard to that. And they started moving him up, and they started moving Granderson up when he was there and whatnot. And you, you're starting to look at it, and you're like, these guys are being moved up in the lineup? You know, and I think the, you know, the, the, the new theory now is that the idea of the leadoff hitter is really only set up for the first inning. And now the, the, the prevailing thought, right or wrong, is that whoever your best hitters are supposed to be, regardless of that, that template that we, we still kind of believe, uh, they need to be at the top of the lineup in order to get the most times at bat, you know, the most plate appearances. Well, and I mean, I don't, dis- I don't disagree with that. I think part of what you're saying, though, had to revolve around the fact that they were not moving Derek Jeter at a number two spot. There's that too. Okay, yeah. so where did you, where could you put Cano at that point? Right. Um, so I, I think in some cases you'll have to see what other players are kind of locked into positions in the lineup. Right. And, and let's face it, nowadays there aren't all that many because I guess to your point a little bit, uh, you know, Places in the batting order are, are largely interchangeable after the first go round. Right, but let, let let me throw this at you. Let's extrapolate on this. Oh, you know, it's a big SAT word. Okay, it's that's a, the first it, one today. Is it is it going to be a cogent argument, or will we be derelict in our duties? <laughs> um, is Gary Sanchez a two two hole hitter? Not in the traditional sense, exactly, of the word because I think. Um, what I would like in the two hole is a guy who maybe be, maybe scores a hundred right. plus runs a year, and not that he won't do that. It's just that speed isn't part of his game. Right. I look at a two hole hitter, and like when I'm putting together a lineup, my two hole hitter is probably the person who has the highest on base percentage. That's my that's you know looking for something like that, someone who's making contact constantly, someone who's finding ways to get on base, you know, assuming your leadoff hitter is getting on and you're moving but, him over. But even that is a statistic that's falling by the wayside as well. Oh, absolutely. The on base percentage was you know big in the Moneyball era, a huge measurement. But even prior to that, because um, what do you think Ted Williams' on base percentage was his career? Since uh, we're talking about veterans, okay. Ted, Ted Williams on base percentages in his career. Career on base percentage. I'm going to go with. I'm going to say 430, 482. Now that that number in and of itself, uh, overlaid against current baseball, 
is incredible. Absolutely. I mean, you would take a guy with a hundred points lower on mm-hmm. his on base. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't. In but a, in, you, a, you in know, a heartbeat the, though. Yeah. Nowadays. Well, the whole as I was listening to the Mets broadcast, and they say there's only three outcomes that we get in uh, in baseball now. When you're at bat, strikeout, walk, home run. That's it. You know, and that's all. It's all kind of leads into this idea of we're taking on base percentage much lower than we should be. Yeah, because you look at some of the guys who could be leadoff hitters in the traditional sense of the word. Mm-hmm. You know that we were talking about originally, not nowadays leadoff hitters. So Denard Span. With the Giants, speed guy, mm-hmm. plays center field. His batting average two fifty seven. What's his on base? Is it saying? Well, I don't. I don't have the oh, on okay. base in front of me. Uh, Cameron Mabin, another guy who they've tried to make As, into yep. a leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, for several years now, he's right. hitting two forty. Now he's batting at the top of the, you know, the lineup. Um, but uh, he's batting for the Angels, right? But uh, there's a guy who's on San Diego. They're trying to make him, make him into the leadoff hitter. You don't happen to have stolen bases in front of you, do you? Uh, I do not. Okay, because that's another thing that I feel like is, you know, if we're going to go down that road, you know, I'm looking at guys. Who, who's, who's stealing? Oh, wait, I do have stolen you do, bases. Do you have some stolen bases? Who's at, are any of those leadoff hitters, you know, that, that we're discussing, do, are they stealing bases at a— What at I a, see offhand is Trey Turner okay. with 11. Um. Or D. Gordon with fourteen. That's fair. Um, Paul Goldschmidt is has twelve. He's in the top. That's top insane. Yeah. That's insane. Paul Goldschmidt is your is arguably a three place hitter for Arizona. Lorenzo Cain with twelve. Wow. Yeah. Why is your three hole hitter leading your team in stolen bases? Now Trouty has nine. Okay, but he uh, he he's a little bit of an exception to the rule because oh, he's yeah. you know he's. Mickey, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, exactly, Cornet, right? exactly. Except he has a Twitter account. But there's uh, Delino DeShields. Is it Delino DeShields? Yeah, Junior. Junior. Yeah, he's got eight. Okay. Um, and Mabin has has ten for right. the Angels. What's funny is that you know going into Altuve the, with nine, but he's a you know he's a two hole hitter. Yeah, I mean you to me put, he's a quinti- he's now the quintessential two hole. He hitter, is. I think. He is you, with Altuve. I mean, you could make the argument with him that he could be hitting one, two, or three and in, in today's landscape. Yeah, I mean, there are a few you know, guys like that over the course of history right. that you've seen. You could put them anywhere you know, in the lineup, yeah. and they're going to be... Ken Griffey Jr. was a that, little bit like that. I, I agree completely. But, I agree you know, completely. A, after a few years, you really see what their value is to the team. And, and for me, with Griffey, the one thing that happened was, you know, his legs started to break down, which... He was such a great power hitter and, and great average hitter that, you know, hey, Ken, I don't want you to steal bases now. Right, because we need you to hit yeah. in whatever capacity you have. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too, you know, going Henderson in. Henderson was, uh, sorry to interrupt you, That's but okay. Ricky Henderson was really, and I guess Lou Brock, were the only two guys that had longevity as base stealers over the course, I mean, real time Oh, absolutely. No. I mean, Ricky could probably still steal. 30 bases now. Especially if you asked him. Exactly. He would tell you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, you know, the, going into this season, as we were looking at the Yankees, Brett Gardner and Jacoby Ellsbury, you know, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, especially Gardner, if you're not stealing or at least attempting to steal. Then you're a nine-hole hitter. Exactly. You, you just really don't have any value to me anymore based upon, you know, I mean, your defense is okay in left field. Here's a, I'm going to give you an interesting leadoff hitter. Okay. Tell me what your, your thoughts are All right. on him. Uh, Ian Kinsler. Huh. And, and I think we saw that in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. He's leading off, too. Yeah. Well, in the World Baseball Classic, I wonder it was just because of the love fest with Jim Leland. Oh, I'm sure that you had know, a lot but, to do with it. I mean, all right, well, let's, let's look at Ian Kinsler by contrast. In, on the Detroit Tigers, is there someone else you would rather have as the leadoff hitter? Um, maybe whoever's playing center field for them because I they, they still have that platoon in center. Yeah, Collins. Yeah, well, Collins was just DFA'd, I think. Yeah, now they have hitting 210. Yeah, I think they have who was who else was it? Was it Mikey Matuk who was now over there from Tampa? I mean, just looking at their lineup, yeah, because I don't want Upton leading off. No. In fact, I want Upton. It's far away from the leadoff spot. He's probably he's probably. I mean, they have the Martinez guys. They have Cabrera. Yeah. So I think their options are limited. Which, you know, 
Iglesias is their nine hole hitter, yeah. but he's hitting two twenty one. Exactly. I mean, he's great defense. Castellanos is in there. Um, whether you have uh, McCann or Avila catching, there's nobody else on that team who fits the role of a leadoff hitter. Which kind of speaks to roster construction, exactly. don't you think? Exactly. You know, and Houston is a bit of an interesting thing, too, because George Springer leads off for them. Right. And he's hitting two thirty one. Right. But what is he, 6'4"? Six, six, Something six, like that. Six, you, six, don't, you, don't expect, you don't expect him to be a leadoff hitter. No. But he doesn't. George Springer is, is very, very tall, but he's not, he doesn't have the same like, muscle makeup as someone like an Aaron Judge. Well, who does? Well, probably Jesus. <laughs> I've seen a lot of pictures. Uh, Antonio of, Gates. Yeah, I've yeah, seen a lot of. Comes to mind. I've seen a lot of Jesus uh, pictures where he has abs. LeBron James. Okay. Dwight Howard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You see where yeah. I'm going. With I this? see where you're going with this. So <laughs> well, Aaron, Aaron Judge, Judge is a freak of nature. Now he should be a defensive run, end. Now yeah. his home run yesterday was what you want to see at a Judge mm-hmm. because he stayed back on the ball yep. and he was just strong enough to lift that. Uh, into right center field. Mm-hmm. That was a beautiful, beautiful hit. It was, and it was more of a line drive home run than it was a pop up home run. That just you know it becomes a Yankee Stadium home run. Yeah. You know, I constantly preach to uh, to young hitters that you know, obviously, when you're getting into it, and you you want to be hitting line drives and hard ground balls, and people are obviously you know digging the long ball as as they say. And uh, you that's know, going back away. Oh, the chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> that's going back. But what is that fifteen years? At, going back at now? least <laughs> when Heather Locklear was was all over Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox. Um, you know, but but the the problem is that in a lot of these stadiums, and with the muscle that a lot of these guys have, which is another story in itself, based upon the number of injuries that we have, these these pop ups are just squeaking over the wall, and that's how these guys are muscling out these home runs. And every time I see that. Like if I'm watching TV with my girlfriend, I'll be like, "That's that's a mistake home run. Yeah, that's a, that he got under that ball and he was lucky it got out of the park. Yeah, you know, you want a home run like Judge hit yesterday. That you know, obviously it's going to have a little bit of an arc to it. I mean, the, you know, those those some those line drives obviously have that, but that that was a shot. You yeah. know, that and that was a shot the other way where you're not going to have the same type of power. Well, that, that, that you know? to me is the big difference anymore. Is that these guys can absolutely hit it out of any part of the mm-hmm. ballpark. Yeah. Where it used to be, you, you know, the guys were strictly, you know, pull hitters, a lot of the... The Brian McCanns or the Mark Teixeiras well, I, of the world. I can even go back further than yeah. that if you're, if you're watching baseball for a long time. Say you go into the 70s or 80s. Um, somebody like George Foster yep. was strictly a pull, you know, home run guy. But, you know, he's a 50-plus 50, 50 uh, home run hitter in a season. Right. So, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, strictly relied on pulling the ball. Um, Foster's average did suffer, you know, because he was pretty much strictly which, a pull which, hitter. Which is happens. Even if you go back you know? to the days and you look at the film of, like, Don Clendenin mm-hmm. with the, the Mets, he was a, very much a pull, you know, home run hitter. I think of Greg Nettles of the Yankees mm-hmm. um, with that right field porch. He was very much – I don't remember too many times where he would – hit an opposite field home run. Probably few and far between, very if any. Few, very few and far yeah. between. You know, so the, these guys nowadays, you look at Giancarlo Stanton, I mean, there isn't a ballpark that he can't hit home run out right. of at, at any part of the field. Also, the fields are more conducive to home runs. Well, because they, they remember want old offense. Yankee yeah. Stadium, the, the center field was 440. With the monuments in play, you, you know. know. And so, you know, the ballparks are conducive. And when they're not conducive, like – City Field was mm-hmm. originally. Right. What do we do? When the fence is in. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they, they did that, and they got rid of the hill in in, in Houston. Houston. Yeah, the Taos Hill. Yep. They want because they they know that the money is in offense, and not and people not a lot of people pay to see pitchers duels anymore. Yeah. So, you know, which is a shame because and it's, and, and here's the other thing too. I mean, position wide, there isn't, especially with the DH in play, and. You know, you don't see in the American League an easy out in the lineup anymore. Right. Used to be, you know, teams would teams would actually carry three catchers, and that third catcher he was lucky to be hitting two thirty, right, two twenty five, right. I mean, there isn't that kind of out in the lineup anymore. Right, right. You even look at like Austin Romine for the Yankees. I mean, he, kid, kid can hit. You know, when hit. he was when he was hitting when he was playing for uh, for Sanchez, who was out. He was he was a little bit of a power threat, you know. He 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 proved 
that he belongs in the major leagues. And I would also, I mean, we've talked, we've talked about this and many media outlets have talked about this, is that Austin Romine arguably could be a starting catcher for 50% of the teams I, I agree, because when I major see leagues. Robinson Chirinos, yeah. I, I look at Austin Romine and say he's like, Ten times better. Exactly. I mean, the only, and the only reason Chirinos is playing is because Luke Roy is probably DH in that day. Yeah. You know? So, which is another interesting question that we were hearing was because, you know, Adrian Beltre is on his way back, and you can't really stop playing Joey Gallo over at third now. Except he's hitting below 200. But he's, but he's, he's got, he's got 15 got some, home runs. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. It's like we don't – like back in the day, we accounted for batting average. Right. We don't anymore. Well, it's He's the, got 15 home runs. That trumps everything. It's, Boom. Well, it's the same thing. In, I mean, let's look at the other side of the coin. People don't value wins and losses anymore. You know, they, they, it's, it's a new world. And we don't, I mean, we don't have to agree with it. And frankly, I still think that the old way of doing things is probably a smarter way of doing things to a certain degree. But Well, I still would like a, a, a leadoff hitter. As would I. As would I. You know, because I, you know, it's great. Maybe you put a home run. I mean, best case scenario, let's just take George Springer as an okay. example. Okay. So if he hits 25 home runs in a year, how many of those are actually going to come as the leadoff, leadoff, leadoff hitter? Right. Probably two. Maybe. I'd probably go higher, five. Three, five. Okay. That's fine. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The rest of them are going to be in the context of, of the game where, where it's just where he is in the lineup at that point. Right. And then that always begs the question of, wouldn't you rather have the probability of having men be on base in front of him, you know, be higher? So let's look at that, and you have somebody, say, like John Lester, mm-hmm. where runners on is definitely a factor. Right. Has to be. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and I'll tell you this, when I, I see it in high school, I, all the time, I got a kid mowing down people left and right, three innings. Somebody gets on in the fourth Man, he starts to go to pieces. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, these kids just don't have the same. Uh, but I'm, I'm just saying that yeah. runner on base, that threat is always distracting to the pitcher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and they're also kids. They don't have the mental makeup that they no, should. No, but, but what what I'm saying is that that I don't care how old you are. Yeah, it still is distracting to you at right. some level because yeah, it's yeah. not not as much obviously as as a high school player. Right, but it still is a, a distraction. Yeah, I mean, you still have to constantly remind even a major league pitcher, like, look, focus on the batter, you know. Right. That's why they have they, – what happens? Okay, we get – and I just heard this on a broadcast yesterday with, with um, Susan Waldman and John Sterling. So I'm going up to my friends in Sussex County. I have okay. nothing but time on my hands. That's fair. Driving welcome, to, welcome to my world in general. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm listening to the game, and um, Pineda – had an issue. I can't remember exactly what it was, but then Susan's out there and says, "Oh, yeah, uh, they've got to go talk to Michael because he gets very unnerved mm-hmm. and emotional when." And I forget what it was. Was, was it, it the bulk? Oh, the bulk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I was looking, at, and no broadcast I saw could figure out what it was. I think I figured out what it was. I don't know if you did. No, I was uh, obviously listening the, on the radio. Okay. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> He, he stepped on the rubber, right? and before he came set to looking for the sign, he reached into the glove and pulled the ball out oh, with okay. his foot on the rubber. And, and nine times out of ten right. in the major leagues, even though it's against the letter of the law, if, you, if, if it's all kind of in that same motion, right. Right. no one's calling that. Right. But Tim Timmons, who was working second base yesterday, saw that and called it. Right. And, you know, and everyone's looking at him like, what, you know, and... and you know, he he had a point. I mean, can't can't do that once you're on the rubber, right. you know. So that that was very unnerving. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So something like that, which really shouldn't be, because I think that was the only runner on base went from first right. to second. Yep. But what happened that inning? If you remember, is that where he started to melt? They scored the run. Yeah. So they had a walk, a balk. Mm-hmm. Now I, I can't remember how he got the runner got the third, but then they ended up scoring. It was probably something else that ended in ALK. Walk, balk. Walk, balk. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other chalk. words. Chalk. Calk. Calk. <laughs> Hawk. <laughs> no, that's a different podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, the biggest homer uh, in sports. You can't. <laughs> that's just a sound. 
That's not even those aren't even words. So what? So we'll, we'll categorize this as the first third of the season. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Anything jump out at you so far? Uh, the the other Ash- than the than the good Lucas Duda showed up last right this past well, week. Yeah. The good Lucas Duda. The Lucas Duda. Uh, apparently, the, uh, there's there's the good Lucas Duda, and then there's a Lucas Duda who has a, a black goatee, and and he's just an evil twin. Yeah. You know, um, the Astros are running away with the West, and that division is just not as good as I thought it was going to be. Especially Seattle. Seattle, Texas, they're both underachievers, um, and even I mean, Oakland is only a couple games under five hundred, which. You know, if 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 Houston wasn't running away with it, you could say, "Wow, they're they're kind of in this," right? But they're not. They're so, not. So the Red Sox and Red Sox have somewhat righted the ship. Red Sox have overtaken the Orioles. I think you've got a. I think you got a three team race in the East with the Yankees, Red Sox, and Orioles. Now, what about the future of of the beloved John Gibbons <sighs> and John Farrell? Ah, oh, man. Well. Farrell, I think it's going to depend on how the how the Red Sox do down the stretch. If the Red but Sox, but there was talk uh, last week that that he could be on, on the skids. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to say this you know, at this point in the season, especially if he's going to start if they're going to start turning it around a little bit. Um, Gibbons is a wild card in my opinion because he's the kind of guy who is, he's in his second term. Right, you know, his second go around with this, which so, they're famous for over there. Exactly. Um, I, you know, I just can't figure them out. I don't know if they're going to be smart enough to realize that the hole that they dug for themselves really was a lot of injuries. In you know, and then again, this is also. I mean, we're but the, Incarnacion is is no longer with that them. too. So you take a key component out of the lineup, and what what do you expect? Oh, I completely agree. Now, I don't expect them to be below 500. No, but I think they. I think that the hole that they dug is too deep, and I don't see them finishing greater than fourth in the division, all things considered equal, if Boston and Baltimore and New York continue to play mm-hmm. in some sort of form that they are now. And the other thing about Toronto, uh, they're the only team this weekend that was not wearing the Memorial Day jerseys. Because they're Canadian. It's because they're Canadian. So let's see <laughs> if they wear it today. But... You know, they're still Canadian today, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that, Wait, let me let me place a phone changed. call and see if that changed. That changed overnight. Uh, um, we make you honorary American. Trying to think, if there's anything else. Uh, Cubs have been a disappointment. How about uh, the Giants? Gi- well, Giants. I mean, who saw the the Madison Bumgarner yeah, thing but they, happen? They were not playing well before no, the injury. I no. mean, they can point to that and say, okay, this is where the season went in the tank officially, right? But they weren't playing well before. And that. the and the 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 Rockies and Diamondbacks. Let's see if they can tread water. See the other thing too. Uh, backtracking to the Blue Jays mm-hmm. is that both uh, Josh Donaldson and Troy Tulowitzki yeah. were were injured yeah, too. Exactly. That takes a, that takes away a punch from your lineup. I mean, that's a huge punch. Yeah. So it'd be the equivalent of you know Starling Castro and could be Gary Sanchez, could be you well, know Didi, you yeah. know, and it could be. You know, pick and choose, really. We got two minutes before the break. You want to give me a thought on the finals in NBA and NHL? Well, NHL, it will be interesting. It it is definite contrast to the very offensive Pittsburgh Penguins and and the Predators, who now lost Ryan Johansson, their top center, to injury. Mm -hmm. Can Rene Pekka Rene hold the fort? God bless you. Can they hold? Can he hold the fort? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Over is the Cinderella gonna is magic gonna end for I Nashville? I just don't think. I mean, their firepower comes from the defense defensemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Predators. I just don't know they can match up with the Penguins, but it, it'll it'll take a supreme effort. I mean, they you know obviously made it there. They can do it, right? But um, but they say as they say, if you want to be the champs, you got to beat the champs, and I don't know if they can do that. I just don't see where they're going to get the goals from. Yeah. That's fair. How about NBA? Anything to watch? Because right yeah, now, yeah, I think I think it's going to go seven games. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't buy into that. The Warriors are head and shoulders better than than the Cavaliers. I don't. I don't. I don't buy. It. I don't. Show I, don't me where. I, just, I mean, yeah, they have Durant, but yeah, it's like the it's like the thing. There's only one basketball. Yeah. Are you, you know, so if Durant scoring the points or, um, you know, Curry or it's still just one basketball. Right. Exactly. I just I I will I will probably tune into a couple of those games, but 
tune in late. Yeah, and and not only will I be tuning in very late, I don't know if I will be changing the channel away from a baseball game that I'm more interested in watching. That's, I mean, regular season baseball. Well, I saw a nice game last week, and and that was uh, another thing that's gone by the wayside is that complete game. Oh, yeah. So I was in Minnesota, saw Irvin Santana. Oh, and his complete game? Yeah. Yeah. That was the Orioles. Yeah. Uh, The Orioles are scuffling. They are scuffling. you know, it's impressive nowadays when a guy, you know, goes to distance. Oh, completely. And as they say, it's not just who you play, it's when you play them. And the Yankees are heading in now to play them. That might, you know, they might be able to beat up on them a little bit, especially Hopefully in that Hopefully they own that. One would hope, you know. <laughs> anyway, we have reached halftime here on the show. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, Deb White's going to join us. So in the words of the sports pope, back after this, right here on the Strike Zone. <laughs> And John. Do you have trouble navigating social media for your online marketing, whether it be for your business or social life? I don't know what I do, Carrie. I need help on both ends. <laughs> well, on our show, like, comment, share, we'll discuss some innovative strategies and fun tips so anyone can become social media savvy. We'll also cover the trending topics and hashtags of that day. Ooh, trending topics. Check us out every other Tuesday at 11 a.m. at panjradio.com. And it's a live show, and you can call us while we're on air at 609-460-4673 or email us at lcs at panjradio.com. See you then. See you then. What if your mattress not only helped you sleep better at night, it also helped you heal better? Chiromatic of Princeton's mattresses are clinically proven to reduce back pain and stiffness and improve overall sleep quality. Now in our 40th year, our patented sports mattress line specifically targets muscle recovery as you sleep. Chiromatic of Princeton prides itself on great customer service too. We show our mattresses by appointment only. Contact us at 908-200-5549 for your personal tour at our Princeton Junction, New Jersey showroom. Use the coupon code RADIO and get $100 off at checkout. We always include free shipping and our 100-night better sleep money-back guarantee with every purchase. Chiromatic of Princeton Sleep Systems, doctor recommended, patient approved. The chiropractor's choice for a perfect night's sleep. So call us today at 908-200-5549 and use the coupon code RADIO. That's 908-200-5549 and use the coupon code RADIO for $100 off now. PANJ Radio serves the Delaware River towns of Lambertville, New Jersey, and New Hope, Pennsylvania, as well as surrounding counties Bucks, Hunterdon, and Mercer. Now, there's a great new app for your smartphone to help you get the best deals in Lambertville and New Hope, including restaurant discounts, plus a handy directory of everything happening here, a calendar of events like live musical performances and gallery openings, and listings on everything from where to get the best pizza to the best parking spot. You can download the app for free in no time by searching for Lambertville New Hope on your smartphone's app page. But there's more. Got a business you'd like advertised on the app? Have we got a deal for you? Just go to lnhapp.com, click Choose Your Plan, then submit coupon code PANJRADIO. Our code will save you the $39.99 setup charge. Once again, go to www.lnhapp.com and click the Choose Your Plan, then add the coupon code PANJRADIO to save the $39.99 setup charge on your business listing. The cost to promote your business on the LNH app is just $9.99 per month or $100 for the entire year. And remember, downloading and using the app is absolutely free. And by using the PANJ Radio code, you pay no setup charge. It's our way of thanking you for listening to PANJ Radio, your Delaware River Towns community radio station.
Welcome back to the Strike Zone, everyone. Jack Furlong, Kurt Maxson with you. Taking your phone call, 609-460-4673. Get on the horn and chime in about anything. I'm going to plug my concert once again. Good thing I took the under because 17 was the line, and I took the under. So. Well, Jack, don't you have a concert? I think I have a concert coming up. I <laughs> so think. That's three. So that's three. Okay. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. You're basically... You are altering the system. This is what we call tilts on the on the pinball machine. It'd be a thirty for thirty Ex- on this. Exactly uh, on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So concert is tonight. Jack Furlong Orchestra, um, twelve piece jazz orchestra. Uh, five o'clock. How Commons, Pennington Borough, free, family friendly, open to the public. Are you some... going to play any Kiss songs? I will not be playing any Kiss songs. Okay. In fact, I told band members as they were telling me, like asking me what to wear. I was like, "It's the nice side of casual, you know." But leave the. Um, what does that mean? That means that leave the T-shirt that has both White Snake and Foreigner on it from their 1986 <laughs> tour when you when you went to see them at the Meadowlands. You leave that at home, okay? The end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially laughing at the Meadowlands. Meadowlands. Uh, well, that's what's important about the joke. If you don't have the Meadowlands part, then the <laughs> joke's just not as funny, okay? <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, there's that plug. So moving on. Steely Dan Steely, at, the, st- at the Spectrum. At the Spectrum. Remember the Spectrum? <laughs> so anyway, okay. The Deb White Report is brought to you by the OSIP Foundation Incorporated, where OSIP stands for Outstanding Sportsmanship is Paramount. OSIP hosts various free trivia nights in the area each week. Next week, we've got a big week. We'll be at the Buttonwood Grill on Monday in Peddler's Village at 7.30 p.m., and then we'll be at Uno in Hamilton on Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. So we now bring in our good friend who we haven't seen in a while, Deb White. Hey, Deb, how are you? Hi, how are you? We're great. So glad to see you again. How's everything going? It's going pretty well. Oh, good, School's good. School's almost over. That's, so we'll that's the out, important out for thing. for the summer. Yeah, you know, you know, that, that, that whole school thing. Jack's playing that uh, tonight, too. School's out school, right. summer. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that just like a giant like chorus of, no more teachers, no more books, or whatever it is? <laughs> and yeah. where are you playing that at again? Uh, I believe it's at How Commons. In Pennington Six. Borough at 5 p.m. <laughs> where's the tote board? And, in Pen- and that's Pennington. Where's it located in, in Pennington? Pennington? How Commons. How Commons, yeah, right? The place you're playing tonight. You know, what that, you know what that reminds me of? There was, there was an old Simpsons episode. Um, it was right after, I think, the, the, the Packers lost the Super Bowl. And uh, and they, they, they come up. Someone comes up to Homer in uh, in an airport and says, "Would you like this free trip to uh, to the lagoon this weekend?" And he goes, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I I know these tricks. Tell me more about this trip to the lagoon. How much does it cost?" Well, it's free. Now, this free trip to the lagoon. When is it? It's next weekend. Okay, so next weekend I have this free trip. Where am I going? The lagoon. So the lagoon is hosting me next weekend. And how much is this going to cost me? It's free. So this free trip to the lagoon, when is this again? Next weekend. All right. So next weekend, I'm not paying any money. And where am I going? The lagoon. And this just goes on and on. So the end. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to YouTube You're that You're going to have to right? YouTube that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, after of, I go to your concert tonight at, at, at five at p.m. Commons, at How Commons, in Pennington at five o'clock. Bring the dog. My dog loves to go to your free, free concert in Pennington <laughs> at five o'clock. Is this is this your dog or your ex you're talking about? So, oh, 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 is she listening? Phone calls. Oh, oh, yeah, if you're like, if you're Kurt's ex, call know. in oh, at no, six oh nine. Please do not. <laughs> it's a family show. Oh man. Uh, uh, the FCC is on the line. <laughs> yeah. So, Deb, you're here today. You'd like to talk to us about some veterans Good segue, and sports. Jack. Thank you. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Thank really you. I will be showcasing it. my segues tonight at 5 p.m. at Hal Commons. <laughs> if you'd like to talk about my segues, call in at 609-460-4673. Mentions Kurt, mm-hmm. Kurt's X's, and you'll be you'll get a free ticket to the free concert tonight. <laughs> free ticket. You'll get free parking yeah. as well. Free side street parking about three blocks away. Back to you, Deb. Okay, there we go. 
Yes, well, I just got back from the Doylestown Memorial Day Parade. Okay. Which, uh, there's their plug. Okay. Which, um, That's they, one. They tout <laughs> no, there's only going to be one. Okay. That's it. Sorry. But it's no. all already over, so. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's over, so yeah. So okay. For next year, it's a for plug. Next year. For, for next, next year. Just remember the, that next okay, year. Okay, the over-under right, for then. the Doylestown Memorial Day Parade plug is going to be five. You got one. Yes, no, okay. that's, that, that's probably it. But okay. apparently, they claim it is the longest-running Memorial Day Parade in the country. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, so I'll, I'll have to check that yeah. out. I have not. We'll have to okay. get our fact checkers on that. Exactly. Yes, yes, Rob. Yes, yes. Rob. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> and a cup of Joe, please. Okay, exactly. <laughs> More ale, wench. <laughs> so of course, it uh, you know Memorial Day coming up right. brought to mind the veterans that were athletes. Of course, and I'm sure you're aware of many of them. Oh, of course, yes. Yes, such as. Ted Williams we talked about. Bob Feller. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Now, I have an interesting one in advance. I I brought one that was interesting. You did some homework. I did some homework. Christy Mathewson. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. So Christy Mathewson um, was a great pitcher for... Bucknell alum, right? um, I believe he's from Lewisburg, PA. He is from Lewisburg, and they're very... There are yeah. a number. Yes, yes. Lewisburg, okay. PA, Bucknell. All right. Oh yeah. Jack weighing in on. Listen, on hey, as as someone who went to school in the Patriot League, that's the uh, only thing I remember. So, uh, so. so did Joe Madden, didn't he? Oh yeah, but he didn't graduate from Lafayette, <laughs> and yet we laud him there. <laughs> Hold on, there's a wall next to me. My head needs to go through it. <laughs> if you're Joe Madden, call in at six zero nine four six zero lineup stinks four six seven three and talk to us about Kurt's exes and how they should be leading off for the Cubs. So so Matthewson. Uh huh. Is a great pitcher for the New York Giants. Great pitcher. Hates Lincoln. Hates, <laughs> hates him. So uh, anyway, during World War One, yes, he uh, I guess enlisted in the army uh, with the chemical weapons training unit. Infantry. Oh, when they were doing the mustard gas yes. stuff and everything. Right. Yeah. Yes. And accidentally inhaled some of Ooh. these chemical weapons. And um, uh, what happened was he uh, acquired tuberculosis right. through this. And I just remember from the baseball documentary by Ken Burns, there was a whole section on Matthewson because he was, at that time, probably the, one of the most famous ball players. Like all kids grew up to want at that time to be – he was like that era as Derek Jeter. Right. They, everyone, he was a gentleman. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Everybody wanted to be Christy Mathewson. And um, he died um, in 1925, I believe. Um, what happened was he died on the first day of the World Series Ooh. in 1925. And they had this kind of memorial service at the stadium. And John McGraw, who was a, a noted you know, hard ass cried at the at the memorial service. Um, that's how much Christy Mathewson meant meant to him, and he was original Hall of Famer, the only one who did not personally receive induction into the Hall of Fame because obviously he's deceased. Yes, in 1936. So that was Christy Mathewson. Interesting. Three seventy three wins, one eighty eight losses, six sixty five winning percentage. Not not a bad. Not a, now, what was his whip? Uh, <laughs> his walks and hits per innings pitched. Wasn't important then. Wasn't important then? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Here, here's one that, I, that, that, I, uh, that we should remember. Yogi Berra. Yes. Yeah. Great veteran with, you know, the whole, the, the whole D-Day thing and whatnot. And, you know, just imagine if... Things had turned out differently, and we did. And we we lost Yogi Berra on that fateful sure. day, and and what the baseball world would be like now without him. Yeah, you know, I mean, he he is. I mean, such a beloved figure, you know, in in not just baseball lore, but in in pop culture lore. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. He, I mean, that that he he put his stamp in so many different places. I, you know, talk about putting your stamp on things. Um, you know, Don Mattingly, right. the great Yankee first baseman, retired number 23 in, in New York, okay? Goes to L.A., goes to Miami as coach, manager, manager, et cetera. 
where's number eight in honor of Yogi? Because Yogi meant that much to him. You know, that's, that's the kind of, of personality that Yogi had. And, yeah. and, and just, uh, just amazing how... And it was good to know. see him and Steinbrenner make up yes. before both passed. Mm-hmm. Because that was really a riff that had a real ripple effect all around baseball. Oh, completely. Um, you know, because of that. And Steinbrenner probably one of the only times that George Steinbrenner apologized. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that he pulled the plug on uh, Yogi. You know, too early. I think, I, f- it, I think it was the 85 season. I feel, like, I feel like they might have made him do that on Saturday Night Live, too, when he hosted. Or on so. Ste- Seinfeld. Or on Seinfeld, yes. Yeah. But that was, that was, you know, Larry David, you know. So, so the other one, another one story that comes to mind is the Jackie Robinson story and dishonorably, yes. he was dishonorably discharged, right? Because of the... No, he the, was the, not dishonorably They discharged. tried to court-martial him, though. They tried to court-martial okay. him. Okay. Right, yes. And um, he was... yeah. And actually, the story behind that is actually, um, I think it was Joe Lewis, who was entered the service as a... Um, Recruiter, and he sort of recruited Jackie Robinson into into the officer candidate mm-hmm. school. So there's kind of a link there. But yes, he, Jackie Robinson refused to move to the back of the bus on a military property, um, and uh, he was court-martialed for that. But at that time, um, everybody was trying to talk about equality in the army, and so forth. The court-martial was denied, and he was dishonorably discharged later. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's very. So that interesting. was a yeah. interesting military. Um, you know, it's aspect a- to you know his career, and probably if that situation didn't take place, he might not have ever shown up on Branch Rickey's radar as a potential uh, person to integrate baseball. You know what I find interesting too. You know, we talk about you know you mentioned the, the idea of equality in the armed forces and and how that was related to this particular story with Jackie. You know, one of the um, ongoing themes that you see in the armed forces, you know, with, with, it, it kind of is, is like one offshoot from the whole equality thing. It's, you know, how they break you down and build you back up as a unit and whatnot. And that, that kind of has a level of equality, you know. And it, it's kind of a, a, a distorted version of it because of what you're doing psychologically to the, the, the soldiers. But it's just there's some real irony in it, I think, as a result of that, based upon the, the, the mentality that we have with them and how that might go back to what was going on at that time with Jackie and then just within the civil rights movement in general. I mean, you could, you could do a show on that and just you know, go off on any tangent, really. But that's just something that strikes me as interesting. The end. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and I end all my thoughts with the end. With the okay? end. okay, that's so you know that's when it. I'm done. So there's clarity. <laughs> yeah, there's clarity. Um, the other thing th- that uh, I don't remember a whole lot about, but my my sisters were in in that kind of Vietnam era. Yes, and they had like a military. The major leagues had a military exemption list. So in other words, you had to, you were drafted into Vietnam. There was still a draft going on, and some of these players had to leave the team for periods of time to do their National Guard duty. Well, interesting you should say that um, for a couple of reasons. And it was, um, I'm trying to think of it. Hmm. Now I'm going through my notes <laughs> to uh, find out who it is. She did her homework yeah, too. Yes, 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 but they're no longer in order anymore. <laughs> it's an order that may surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're in some kind of order. Exactly. Like Joe Madden's lineup. Oh, order. yes, 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 yes. I, I think it was Kurt Simmons, let me look, who, uh, through, who was called away in the middle of the season, and uh, he could not pitch uh, from the middle of the season to the end. And he was allowed to go watch the World Series, but he could not participate in the World Series. Interesting. Because of, he was in the middle of his service. His service. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. But it's inter- you were talking about the mentality of, of – um, Sports. First of all, you got to remember they were not million dollar babies, right? So it wasn't like they were losing this big career as Pat Tillman did when he entered into the service. Mm -hmm. So, and it was you know a very patriotic time, and that was what you were supposed to do. But uh, Warren Spahn said that that they were talking about how it, it you know it it eliminated four years of everybody's career here or there. What they, what would they have done if they didn't have to go in the service? But Warren Spahn said, I don't think I would have lasted that long if I hadn't gone into the service. Because once you're under fire 
and you, you know, it, it, and it's life and death, and you come back to a baseball game. Yeah, it puts things in perspective. It's put things yeah. in perspective. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. incredibly important. <laughs> you know what else we had recently? A friend of mine showed me this. Um, I want to say it was it's it's like the forty first, forty second anniversary, somewhere in that area. It's after forty years, uh, just recently of when uh, Rick Monday uh, went in and, and pulled the flag from from the guy trying to burn it. And and that was another, you know, because I, when I saw that, you know, I went. I there was a little documentary on it that my friend showed me, and I looked at it, and uh, and then I was, you know, I was listening to to Rick talk, and uh, Tommy Lasorda was talking. This is obviously must have been years ago because Tommy's recovering from having mm-hmm. you know the minor surgery recently, um, you know, and there and and Rick said. You know, I, I wasn't entirely sure what was happening, but I knew what was going on was wrong, and that's that's why I acted. Um, you know, it, he was talking about the the impulsive decision to grab the flag rather than to take out the guy who was doing it. Um, you know, and and I, I actually went. I, it spawned an interesting debate within my own mind because I, I then started researching the idea of flag burning and you know what the law states. Uh, interesting enough, how many times in Congress. Uh, an amendment has been proposed to to but make it illegal. But it's protected free speech. It's protected right. exactly. free speech. I mean, it's it's exactly. more of lip service than anything right. else that they're doing that. Um, and it should remain this way as protected under the First Amendment. But I, I just found it interesting that you can actually go in and see the number of times that 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 that's, that someone proposed uh, a bill to make that illegal. And it says every single time, the congressperson who did it, the year that it happened, right. you know, and, and obviously it's, it's... It's all reactionary. It's completely to, to reactionary. An event like, yeah. like that. But it just, it's, it's, it's another really interesting, you know, uh, moment in, in the cross-section between American history and baseball that this one, I think, doesn't get the, the attention that it deserves sometimes because... And it's not, it's not a, a, a life-and-death type of thing, but it's the, there's, there's a certain flavor to it for lack of a better term, that when you when you look at it and you see it, it, it kind of just sparks something in your mind, and you say, oh, "I got you know," makes you think a little bit, you know. And that that to me sometimes has it, it offers a nice change of pace in 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 the conversation of that. Uh, it, it it gives you something to think about that you probably haven't thought about before. You know, that, that's the kind of stuff that that I find to be you know a little bit more interesting. You know, when you when you get a chance to step back and look at well, things it's from always a nice when sports can lead the way in positive discussion, <laughs> exactly, and, and debates, exactly. Unlike rather, what we do on than, this show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> rather, rather Kurt's exers are calling in now. <laughs> Hey, that's a whole that's different a, can yeah. of worms that we can open. That shows on the strike zone after dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, are you going to uh, Jack's free show yeah. <laughs> on the uh, How Commons in Pennington at five o'clock? Oh my God! Uh, well, I did want to mention some other unique. Yes, parts please do. Yes, 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 Before yes. we plug the concert again, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I want to talk about Eddie Grant. Okay. Who actually was the first professional athlete ever killed in action, recorded as far as we know. Okay. And, and that wo- was in World War One. In World War One. Yes, and he actually he was called Harvard Eddie because he graduated with a law degree from mm-hmm. Harvard, and he played a, a thousand games with. Um, the Giants. Oh, actually, he he started with Cleveland Naps, Ooh. and he replaced Napoleon LaJoy. I guess that's how you say it. And uh, he played with the Phillies and the Reds. And I think it's LaJoy. Yes. And that's who the team was named after. French. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And um, he, he was in, in, like I said, World War I. Uh, and he actually, his all of his superiors were killed, and they went out to look for that last lost battalion. And while they were looking for the lost battalion, he was also killed by a, a mortar shell. Oof. And uh, so he is the first one that was actually confirmed passed away. And then there is um, Gleason, and I think it is. I mean, think what? I got. Yep, here we go. Ray Roy Gleason. And he was in Vietnam, and he was um, he played like a few games with the Dodgers in the '60s, and then he went to Vietnam, and he actually was in the World Series, and he lost his World Series ring over there in Vietnam after he was injured. And so, in 2003, I think it is that the Dodgers had a ceremony and replaced his World oh, Series. Oh, that's good. Ring. That's good. <laughs> that was very nice. But there yeah. were like uh, 500 Major League Baseball players who were in World War II. Mm-hmm. And there were 29 Hall of Famers, 
and there were five Hall of Famers who went to Vietnam. Wow. So at that time, lots of patriots and people. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. It was a different time. It was a different, different time. mindset. And if, you, if you ever saw the Ken Burns baseball documentary, Bob Feller's on there, who was one yes. of um, the guys who's obviously Hall of Famer, but lost significant period mm-hmm. of his Hall of Fame career right. to military service. And he said outright, he said, I thought I enlisted. I think he enlisted. He like, was the, the next, first person yeah, to enlist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the next day after like Pearl Harbor. And he said, right. I thought there was more important things to do than, than concentrate on baseball. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. And, Very interesting. Um, and I think he, did he get a Purple Heart? Well, yeah. I think he, purple, he got a Purple Heart. There was some, you know, other discussion, um, you know, about the, the accolades that he got mm-hmm. in the war. But um, so it was Feller. It was Ted Williams. And in reading the Joe DiMaggio right. biography, it it was noted that he really enlisted because of the he didn't he didn't want the bad publicity, <laughs> and so he enlisted because these other guys is, is, stars yeah. players had enlisted. Interesting. I'm, I'm just repeating what I read. Um, take it for what it's worth, uh, because I know that Joe DiMaggio, in a lot of respects, was a beloved figure. But if you ever read the biographies, his biographies, it doesn't. Well, the good news is that you can picture. read, Kurt. You know, that's more than I can say about myself. So, and I got a script in front of me. So, well, I'm going to move away from football and baseball. Yeah, I don't what know else you got? Time we have. Yeah, we got a couple minutes. Go ahead. But uh, Dwight Davis of the Davis Cup. Oh, he actually um, was in World War One, um, and then he got the Distinguished Service Cross. And he also was then on Calvin Coolidge. He became Calvin Coolidge's Secretary of War. The service cross, by the way, second highest that you can that you can get under what is it, Presidential Medal of Freedom, no. Medal of Honor. I have no Medal idea. Of, it's a trivia question. I just asked it last week. I should know this. You should know this. I should know this. <laughs> I am dumb. Continue, Deb. Hobie Baker. There we go. Hobie Baker. Hobie Baker. Hobie Baker also was was in the wars, and um, yes. Again, it was the Hobie Baker Award is named after him. Right. He was a, a pilot that he died later in a test flight after the war was over. Oh, a couple of weeks after the war was over, he, he died in a test flight. So the Hobie Baker Award is is the co- college. best college hockey mm-hmm. player. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hockey's a sport, right? <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> and Art Donovan. Another good one. Baltimore yes. Colts. Yep. Yes, yes, who, who is... In both the Football Hall of Fame and the Marine Hall of Fame, and he is oh, really? the yes, only person who is really? in both of those Hall of Fames. And if yeah. you saw Art Donovan's haircut, you would totally know would he's know. a Marine. Exactly. <laughs> he was totally a Marine. Uh, but Did he have it shaved in? Is that what it is? Yeah. But, it, 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 you know, it's so interesting that um, when I used to, you know, turn on the Yankee broadcast. And we used to hear Phil Rizzuto talk about his service in the Navy uh-huh. there. And he was seasick. Yes. And the great stories he <laughs> used to tell about, you know, that kind of matter-of-factly, you know, because that was, you know, for those guys in World War II, that, it, it, it was what it was. There was no, I mean, sure, there was a lot of drama. Right. But they did what they had to do. Right. And there was this... Um, you know, mentality like we had to get this done. Yeah, and yeah. They persevered. Well, the most decorated or the most, uh, I guess, not well known because nobody knows is Jerry Coleman, because yes. that's he true. Yeah, served in both World War Two mm-hmm. and the Korean War yeah. as a pilot. So he, yeah. he, you know, his his service. How can, was how split. can we forget that? Right. I mean, he was and Williams Ted Williams. Actually, Twice also. Right. right. But didn't see active duty right. in World War II, but right. did in Korea. Right. And flew missions. Right. 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 Yes. And I think... As, was he at, two branches? I think it was two different branches of service. Was he one in World War II and then uh, Marine Air Air in in the Korean War, I'm thinking? It's possible. Not the you want me to call him? <laughs> if you can, good luck. Go okay. right ahead. All right. <laughs> Listen, you, Kurt. I never said I was If you get in touch with bright. Ted Williams, you can miss your concert at if, five if, o'clock if, today. At, <laughs> if at the Ted Howl Williams concert. is hanging out with Kurt's exes right now at the top of the leadoff spot of, of Joe Madden's on their way lineup. over to How Common exactly. for Jack Give Furlong us a call. Orchestra at five p.m.
Oh, man. And I think I speak for all of us when we, we do say thank you to all the veterans on this Memorial Day for the ultimate sacrifice that, you, that you've given us and to those who have served, and we really do appreciate it, and thank you for, for all that, and hope that everyone out there is having a wonderful, relaxing uh, Memorial Day weekend as a result of, of, of the, the holiday, and um, can't think of a better way to end it other than that, and... Uh, concert tonight at 5 p.m. <laughs> I'll just leave that there. Great to see you, Deb. Thanks for coming Deb, in. Deb, thank sure. you so much. Thank it you. is a pleasure Deb. to see yes. you, Deb, every single time. You know, So we have reached strike three, which usually is, signals that this at-bat is over. Amazing how that works, right? <laughs> so, so my thanks to Deb White and Kurt Max, and we'll be back with you live next Monday at noon Eastern. Until then, reach us on Twitter at Jack Furlong at KurtMack23, respectively. Be sure to check out the show's blog, osipfoundation.org slash The Strike Zone, and the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Strike Zone, P-A-N-J Radio. Until next time, don't get caught looking in The Strike Zone.